G'day, Jason. The All Blacks and Steve Hansen in particular seem to be doing all they can to take the underdog tag. Are you buying that? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, and I'm, I hope the players aren't either. I hope that they're believing that they're, uh, they are better than the, than the Wallabies and go out and show them that. The Wallabies wouldn't be buying it either, though, would they? they they'd look at that and just sort of think, well, it's nothing more than just, just a, a ploy of sorts. I, I don't know what's at the heart of it, to try and just chuck a bit of doubt out there. But is there any, is there any benefit in trying to claim the underdog tag? I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, we, you hear all sorts of nonsense in the week or two before every Bledisloe Cup. Uh, it happens every year. Uh, it, it's with the world of increasing media, there's more and more um, desire to fill fill inches, have space on television, ma- magazine programs, on radio. So it's just it's window dressing. That's all it is. Um, it's just something for us to talk about and ruminate and ponder on, and um, meanwhile the players will just ignore it all and get on with what they think they've got to do to win this game. Well, I'm not sure about you, but I believe that the All Blacks are heavy favourites for this. Do you uh, do you think they should win and win comfortably on Saturday night? And if so, where will they have the edge? I, d- I don't know about heavy favouritism. I don't like that sort of thing, but I believe that the All Blacks should win this game. They're, they're a, a more complete side than the than the Wallabies, and they also have had the advantage that a number of their players, or more of their players, have been in tough match conditions in recent times than the Wallabies have. Um, It was only the Waratahs who managed to get through in Super Rugby, so of course more of the New Zealand players are, are attuned to that level. And when you've got players, for example, like um, Hooper coming back into the Australian side after a long time out with a hamstring injury, Reese Hodge going into centre where he hasn't had much game time, all these sort of things would create doubt, I'm sure, about whether the Wallabies can sustain enough intensity for 80 minutes to get past the All Blacks. Yeah, that's uh, just the collateral damage, isn't it, of their Super Rugby sides being yes. unable to perform at the level of the New Zealand side. So they've had hard rugby, a lot of these All Blacks, for, for the last few weeks. I see that the Australians have tried to do something. They've had a, they had a trial match a week or so ago. Will Guinea said yesterday he thinks they're better prepared already just from having a trial match. But they'd need a bit more than that, wouldn't they? Yeah, they do. But that at least is something. Now that gets them back into the mode of thinking about Test Match Rugby and how they'll approach it and what sort of ideas that Checker and his coaching crew have got for them. But nothing replicates hard match play in any sport, whatever it is. And that's where I feel that the All Blacks will have an advantage. Are there any areas of uh, of conjecture in the All Blacks starting side or, or are we expecting to see something that we all expected? Yeah. Well, in my mind, there should be some conjecture, but I don't think there'll be any in the in the, in the minds of the All Black selectors. Uh, they're obviously going to pick Barrett as their first five. Uh, I'm not so sure that that's uh, quite the response, even though he has been International Rugby Player of the Year and all this, that and the other. His season for the Hurricanes has been a bit modest, as it was during the June Test Series. However, leave that aside. I'm sure he'll get picked, and he is a very fine player. Don't get me wrong about that. Uh, my, the other thing I'm not certain about is what they'll do with their back three. 
I mean, I would dearly love them to play Ben Smith at fullback. I think that should be a starting point and always should be in my mind, and certainly for a game like this, where he is the best fullback in the world. So why play him on the wing? If you're going to pick uh, someone else like Geordie Barrett, then play him on the wing if they must, but not at fullback, I'm afraid. That that would be my my idea. And the, the centre pairing will be the... Um, an interest, but I think it's really boiling down to probably playing Ryan Crotty at second, Jack Goodhue at centre. I would think. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I've got it written down here. So, so you reckon Goodhue has got the has got the jump on Anton Leonard Brown for that thirteen jersey because, well, I guess largely he's played a bit more rugby recently, and there's that Crusaders partnership there that was so successful in Super Rugby. Yes, I, I mean, I would I would put those things into the mix, and the fact that yes, he played. Uh, you know, in the, in the Super Rugby final, he's had a very good season. He's shown he's physical. And I think that combination of he and Crotty together can make life quite uncomfortable for Kirtley Beale and Reese Hodge, who are an unknown combination, and they don't have uh, Kurandrani or uh, another of their centres who's injured from the Reds, so they're struggling a bit there, the Wallabies, to find some guys to hold that position in midfield, and I'm pretty sure that's where the All Blacks will be targeting. From what you said before, you'd be a fan of of at least opening a discussion around Richie Mwonga starting in the 10 jersey, uh, as you said, and I think it's been widely telegraphed, he won't start this week, and probably not next week in Auckland either. What do you think the All Black selectors will do as far as giving him a start eventually in that 10 jersey? Uh, well, I think their next test after that might be Argentina, and I would perhaps expect him to start in that. I mean, he has shown throughout the year that he is the premier 5'8 in New Zealand, even with a spell off for a busted jaw. He came back stronger than ever, and that, to my mind, showed where he stood in the pecking order. He didn't shy away from anything. He's got a command of the game that the other two in the number 10 jersey at the moment haven't quite shown this year, to my eyes. So I definitely think he should start. I don't want him to be used off the bench. I think in whatever game they, they the selectors decide they have the mark for him, he should start that game and, and bring his style and impact from the beginning. Damien McKenzie, is he almost destined now just to be a guy who wears a jersey higher than 15? <laughs> well, it's a bit, he's an interesting player, isn't he? I mean, he's a remarkable player. I love the way he plays. I think he's got a magnificent set of skills. And in the current way that rugby is played, which is not to um, the delight of everyone, it is a 23-man game. So the best use of players and of McKenzie, to my mind, is coming off the bench where he can fill or cover a number of positions and be, and have a great impact in the last 20 to 30 minutes, which is what the coaches need. Wynne Gray with us talking rugby on Radio Sport. When the view's been expressed in Australia that the All Blacks' domination of the Bledisloe Cup, I think it's 15 years since it was anywhere other than the side of the Tasman, has taken mm. the gloss off it. Is that valid, that the, the gloss has been taken off it because the All Blacks have been simply too dominant? I think it's probably a fair call. It's, it, it is slightly reduced, to my mind, in favouritism. I've, I heard in some 
area that there was someone saying the Bledisloe Cup's bigger than the World Cup. Well, I'm sorry. I, as much as I would love to uh, agree with that, I can't because uh, uh, the World Cup has become the pinnacle, whether we like it or not, of world rugby and where everyone sets their targets and sights on every four years. And that happens to be the pinnacle, whether you like it or not, and whether the All Blacks uh, meet uh, a certain number of teams or somehow because of the draw bypass them. That doesn't matter. This is a separate competition. There is a lot on it in terms of trans-Tasman rivalry, and let's not forget that, that we we really enjoy dominating the winter months, whereas the Aussies used to have it over us in summer. That's evened out of, uh, in summer. And I think in winter we have dominated, New Zealand has dominated this area since 2003. It's an awfully long time, and the Wallabies apart from a rare time or two, have not shown an ability, a sustained ability to stay with the All Blacks. And that is why I think it has reduced probably in some of its impact. Do you have a view on the Haka? Yes, I do. I don't I don't favour it. I'm becoming very sick of it. I have had it, felt it's become a yawn for a long time. I don't mind it being used overseas and occasionally, but I think its proliferation has become rather tedious. Can you see a time when it will only be performed overseas and will drop it for the home test matches? Uh, well, I probably can't. Not uh, not the way the New Zealand Rugby Union seems to uh, go seeking every chance to promote uh, bits and pieces of their game. No, I don't. But I think it would be much better received and appreciated if it was if we got a rare glimpse of it at home and used it overseas as as part of uh, a New Zealand tourism package. Have you read um the Keith Murdoch book that Ron Polinski's written? Have you had the chance to read it? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But I did talk to Ron uh, last year when he was doing research into the book because I'd I'd covered the court case involving Murdoch, so he was interested to know uh, quite a few things about what happened in in that hearing. Do you think there'll ever be a time when where there might be some sort of official apology given to the family of Keith Murdoch? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's is that going to do any good? It's an awfully long time ago, isn't it? I mean, is it like like apologising, like Welsh or someone apologising to the Dean's family because uh, he was hauled back from the touchline line in 1905? Yeah, that's you on know? the field. That's on the field, though, one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, we're going back a long, long way now, aren't we? I mean, did we not hear enough times from Murdoch and Murdoch's family that he probably just let it go? He was a man who wanted to let it go. Should we perhaps do the same. I think you might be right. Great to chat as always. We always enjoy our conversations. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us on Radio Sport today. Cheers, Jason.